all the news you need now. Marcus Paul in the morning. Instead, Mr Speaker, those opposite want to support the sort of show in New South Wales, Mr Speaker, which has seen the most shameful, the most shameful attacks on the former Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, Mr Speaker. I'm not going to have a kangaroo court taken into this parliament, Mr Speaker. Yeah, all right, eight minutes after seven. um, Kangaroo court, witch hunts. I don't know. I I don't think Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, will be exchanging Christmas cards with Christine Holgate. Yeah. Anthony Albanese, Federal Opposition Leader. Hello, Albo. How are you? Uh, Good morning. I'm very well. Thanks, Marcus. A really interesting few days. Well, it's extraordinary. Yesterday, the Prime Minister doesn't seem to have any concept about the separation of powers. Uh, This was the Prime Minister of Australia making a commentary about the nature of a court uh, or semi-judicial process through the ICAC in New South Wales uh, while these processes are underway. Uh, I just found it quite uh, extraordinary. And well, Does uh, it undermine... Minute... Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, that's the point I was making before the news. Surely this is not the time to be making those sorts of comments, uh, that sort of commentary, considering ICAC are yet to hand down their findings into Gladys Berejiklian, and it's an ongoing inquiry. Uh, findings not expected for another few months. And is it is it sort of an interference? You know, does it undermine what's going on here in New South Wales? Considering, you know, she admitted to a relationship with a man who has admitted to corrupt behaviour. Well, it was a, a declaration that the processes uh, weren't legitimate by the Prime Minister of Australia, and uh, these are the processes, of course, that were established by the Liberal government in New South Wales in 1988, Uh, these are the processes that have been uh, complied with, that have had uh, a real impact in in identifying uh, corruption uh, in New South Wales with very real consequences. And it is a good thing that corruption is exposed wherever it is. And the context here is that the parliament twice yesterday voted by a majority Uh, for a National Integrity Commission, which is nothing more and nothing less than what the Prime Minister promised more than a thousand days ago. And yesterday, uh, most remarkably, in response to why he hasn't established it, he said because uh, Labor has been critical of the model uh, that has been proposed in exposure legislation, but he hasn't even introduced it. Well, that's right. No, that's right. Uh, The other issue, of course, Helen Haynes, it's her bill. She's, um, of course, wanting, and as we all do, an independent commission against corruption at a federal level. Uh, Yesterday, Bridget Archer, as we know, crossed the floor. Um, Now, that led to all sorts of scenes in Parliament, but I don't quite... How does it work? How did... This not pass, Anthony. It's, it's something to do with the, with COVID rules at the moment or something. I, I don't quite get it. Why are we not debating it further? Uh, because uh, under uh, the parliamentary rules, in order to suspend the normal business, that is uh, the business which the government 
puts forward yeah. in the program, you need an absolute majority. You need a majority of members. In this case, 76 is an absolute majority out of the 151 members of the House of Representatives. Uh, so because of COVID rules, there are a number of members absent. Uh, because uh, of restrictions in various states. Uh, there might be some health concerns, uh, but there there was no possibility. So even though there was a clear majority uh, by three votes and, and then by two yeah. uh, votes, uh, they didn't get to, I, I think there were 66 in favour rather than 76. So even though it was a majority, it wasn't a majority of those with the potential to cast their votes, if you can put it that way. Yep, all right. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see what what is, what is next for this important uh, and crucial piece of legislation. The other bill, of course, that's causing uh, the Prime Minister all sorts of issues is, well, the anti-discrimination bill. Uh, where are we sitting with that at the moment? Well, that was only introduced uh, yesterday. Uh, it will there will be a, a Senate inquiry that will examine uh, the issues. I think uh, everyone supports. Well, I would hope everyone would support people's right to practice their faith, but they want to make sure that in doing so, that isn't uh, creating discrimination against other other people based upon uh, who who they are. So. Uh, that needs examination and that will take place in terms of uh, a Senate process. There's yeah. some dispute again. The government lost another vote in the Senate because they wanted to refer it to a committee where they had a majority rather than a joint committee where members of the House of Representatives and the Senate could both participate. Uh, yes, afternoon, uh, the government lost uh, another vote, uh, which would restrict uh, the activity of charities, uh, a regulation uh, they lost uh, on the floor of the Senate. And, uh, of course, uh, we saw uh, another two occasions this week in which government members crossed the floor uh, to vote against their own government. Now, uh, we have a circumstance whereby we have a Prime Minister who isn't in control of his own party room, who doesn't have an agenda uh, for the nation coming out of COVID and is uh, just looking for scare campaigns uh, as uh, a way to try to get through into a second decade in office. What are, these, I, I think, yeah, what are these scare campaigns that maybe you refer to as China? Uh, I noticed in the press today, uh, front page of the newspapers, uh, hunt for Red September, they're really amping it up. I don't know. I mean, it's important, obviously, that we look after the sovereignty of Australia. And, of course, if there are some Chinese spy ships in our midst, we need to know about it. But I, I don't know. I, I question the timing of the release of this story. It's November the 26th. Apparently, uh, this Chinese ship was off our coast back in September. And now all of a sudden we're hearing about it. Is I, I don't understand. Is this a, a distraction, Anthony? We, look, I'm not discounting the in fact that uh, the fact that obviously our our sovereignty and our national security is ultimately very very important. But I I just shake my head when I I see this exclusive story in News Corp today front page. When to be perfectly honest, 
maybe what should be front page is the disintegration of the current government. Well, I, I, I think uh, I'll leave others to, to, to comment on that. Our national sovereignty is obviously very important. And uh, Australia, uh, I have every confidence uh, that in uh, Australia's Defence Force and our intelligence agencies uh, to be able to undertake the, the task which they have to keep us safe. All right. Well, that's a short comment on that. OK. I mean, like I say, uh, were you briefed on this? Uh, no. You weren't? OK. Well... Let's move on then. Um, now, not only uh, are we coming to the the end of uh, the parliamentary year, uh, but we are looking towards perhaps a an early election next year. Have you are you still thinking perhaps an early budget and a vote in May, or will it be uh, a bigger pardon in maybe in March, or will it uh, last little May before we go to the polls? Oh, look, I think the problem for this Prime Minister and the government is uh, keeping the show or any semblance of the show together uh, yeah, when okay. Parliament sits. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, they will certainly act as they always do in their own interest rather than in, in the national interest. Uh, but I think really we need to uh, start to imagine how we emerge out of COVID yeah. and, and set about creating it. I want to create new industries. I want to strengthen security at work. Uh, I want to make sure that we embrace the opportunities that are there to shift to a renewable energy superpower. Mm. I want to make sure that we can train Australians for uh, the jobs of the future. And I want to make sure that we make more things here. I think that's one of the big lessons arising out of the pandemic is we need more resilience. And you also want to protect people against domestic violence. Uh, uh, one of your policies was announced earlier this week, the funding of 500 new community workers, including caseworkers and counsellors, uh, 10 days paid domestic and family violence leave, also $100 million more into crisis accommodation and pro uh, the provision of 4,000 social housing units for women and children fleeing domestic violence and for older women at risk of homelessness. Uh, I mean, this is certain, uh, often you criticise for not providing policy. I mean, it's here in black and white in front of me. I like the idea of social well, housing. I like the idea of, you know, looking after women, elderly women at risk of homelessness. I mean, these are the important things that people talk about. That's right. Uh, yesterday was the International Day for the Prevention of Violence Against Women. And uh, we, we chose uh, this week to announce uh, our policy for 500 additional uh, community workers to assist uh, women and children uh, in those circumstances, not just a matter of uh, housing, it's a matter of giving financial advice, it's a matter also of, of giving counselling. I think children in these uh, circumstances uh, can be damaged uh, for the rest of their lives. Uh, we have uh, a circumstance in Australia where on average uh, a woman will die at the hands of a partner or a former partner every single week. Uh, we have a circumstance whereby police are called out to a domestic violence incident uh, every, every few minutes in this country and tragically every single night, just like last night, it would have happened. Uh, women and their children would have been turned away from shelters because there simply wasn't anywhere for them to stay. And they would have spent the evening in, in a car 
or on uh, a friend's couch, or worse still, uh, felt that they had no choice but to return to a dangerous situation. And we need to do much better than that, which is why we've said that 4,000 of the new social housing units yeah. will build as part of our Housing Australia Future Fund uh, would be reserved for women and children escaping domestic violence as well as that emergency funding. All right. Uh, Albo, good to talk to you. We've got one more week, have we, uh, of, uh, of federal parliament, is that right? Well, one more week. Four, okay. Four, four days to go, <laughs> and uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what the Prime Minister uh, has uh, in store. Uh, certainly there, there's no big forward agenda uh, in terms of the, the legislation that's before the parliament. All right. uh, this is a, a, a Prime Minister who no doubt will continue to raise some, some scare campaigns and we'll, we'll see what next week brings. Good to chat. Thank you. Thanks, Marcus. Federal Opposition Leader Anthony Albanese.